0: Log Talk Radio. <clears throat> and welcome once again to the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Hoot Work Hour. Brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company, Forest Hill, California and online at LuckyMojo.com. I'm your announcer, Clifford Lowe of CliffLowe.com in scenic New Jersey. And in just a moment, you will be joined by our co-host, Catherine Ironwood of LuckyMojo.com in Forestville, California, and Conjurman of Consulting.com in Mission Viejo, California. This week, we'll be joined by our special guest, John St. Germain of JohnStGermain.com, in knoxville tennessee bringing us today's topic of emotional and spiritual transformation they'll take your calls and offer advice to address ameliorate and remediate your questions and problems about love money career and spiritual protection using traditional african-american folk magic practices of hoodoo conjure or root work as defined and prescribed by the greatest spiritual hoodooists of our time you can learn just a lot by listening, but if you're selected from among those who signed up at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and called into the show, then you'll be on the air and receive a free consultation. We'll be going to the phones in just a moment, but first, let's catch up with our co-hosts, Catherine Ironwood and Man. Ms. Kat?
1: Hi, Clifford. How are you doing today? How are things in New Jersey?
0: Things are pretty good. It's been a pretty active week. Um... Had some great uh, consultations. How are you? Doing?
1: I'm I'm fine. I've been working very hard. Um, I have uh, my Patreon to do for the for my patrons, and I am in the middle of and just when the show started. In the middle of sorting out old Valmore famous um, products distribution, Morton Newman, and other labels from my collection that are duplicates for Hoodoo supplies and cosmetics, um, Madam Jones brand, Lucky Brown brand, all of these different brands that were owned by Morton Newman in the 1920s, 30s, 40s, up until 1985. And these pieces of art on these labels were great inspiration to me. Many of them are by Charles Dawson. So all of my patrons who subscribe at um, the Paper goods and above level will be getting a um, sleeve with incense labels and different uh, things, and I'm sorting them out. It's, it's what I've been doing. I love finding homes for my duplicate uh, hoodoo historical material. And if you want to be a patron, it's $2 a week electronically, and if you pay a little bit more, you'll get a lot of um, good um, historical paper goods, and even restaurantware, books, and all kinds of things like that. So now, Nandashiva has walked into the room, and he's holding a telephone in his hand, and he's giving me, and I'm saying goodbye with this phone, (laughs) and hello with that phone. Was that an improvement? I hope it was. Uh,
2: At least we can hear you now.
1: Uh, You couldn't hear me at all before?
2: We could, but it was very choppy, like you were out at sea.
1: I'm so sorry. Well, to make a long story short, I've been sorting um, antique hoodoo supply labels to give to my patrons who pay a little bit of extra money to get them. And uh, You can get the articles that I write for $2 a week, but if you want to get in on the antique stuff, you've got to pay a little more, and it comes to you in a big flat envelope. Or it comes to you in a box if you pay more and you end up with all kinds of stuff. And um, it's what happens when one is a collector and wants to only have one copy of each. Okay. So that's been my week. Oh, and I've been doing readings, of course, and having a wonderful time on Hoodoo Psychics and, uh, and via air. Lovely readings for lovely people. And I want to send out a big, big um, good wishes to Dan and um in california and hoping that his heart tests turn out well all right um how are you conjure man
2: oh i'm doing uh quite well busy as usual booked for the rest of, of the year uh you were mentioning boxes though and it really struck me that you basically have like a uh, hoodoo Funko box going, which is yeah. really kind of neat.
3: It <laughs> is like, you know, funco.
2: Used to funco. Yeah, I love the, yeah. those things. Are phenomenal, right? Where yeah. you subscribe and you end up getting a box with all these sort of goodies. This is kind of a unique. I've never seen it anywhere else before in right. this way. So this is this is such a cool cool idea. Yeah. <laughs> it's so fantastic.
1: The well, idea that the, you can
2: sign up too. for this and end up with these historical hoodoo things
1: oh yeah last last month everyone got at least a a fifty year old um bottle um with content still in it of a um oh, perfume wow. made by Valmore yeah yeah it was you know lucky perfumes um holy oil or blessing perfume or whatever it was everybody got one there's always something and it'll it's always fun and there's old postcards and then right this time we have old uh, song magazines you know with Fred Astaire on the cover or Ozzy and Harriet or whatever it may be and plus all these Valmore labels so yeah it's a it's a I get a lot it's of it's one of a kind it's it, it, and everyone is different. Nobody gets them the same. One of my one of my patrons, it, um, Ignacio or Ignacio, I don't know how he pronounces it, mm-hmm. Ignacio, just wrote me a very kind letter. I had sent him a big plate from the German American Bank of some town in Indiana, and it was great. It's a duplicate, and uh, he he wrote back and said that was perfect because he had a grandfather who was German American and was very proud of his German heritage, and it was just sort of like. Yeah, I hit it right. So there's a lot of
3: oh, wow. kick,
1: I a lot of thinking before I put each person's thing. I know um, Jeremy, uh, Dr. Jeremy Weiss, is also one of my recipients. And every once in a while, I get I get him good. I am get him something that he exactly understands. <laughs> so it's fun curating those.
2: Oh, I love this. This is so cool. I mean, people, people definitely need to sign up for this because this is. i again, I've never seen anybody do something mm-hmm. like this around hoodoo before. This is a yeah. bit of hoodoo history, a bit of hoodoo practice. It's all of it. And it's, and it's, there's a, there's a, not just an element of preservation, but there's also an element of like, you're kind of stepping back in time when you open these boxes, isn't it? Like you open oh, up yeah. this box and you get this thing from like 50 years ago. It's like, oh my God, you're really stepping back. It's a little time capsule being set to them.
1: Yeah. Cousin Joshua says in the chat, miss cat curates the patreon treats i got an herbal almanac and um oh, very cool yeah because he's he's an herbalist you see and so everybody right. gets everybody gets a little something that kind of goes in fact i was just putting yours together today joshua and i have some good stuff for you and i was enjoying how i was going to arrange it for you <laughs> you'll see
2: <laughs> <laughs> i love it
1: <laughs> all right well that's up what's up with me now we have as our guest today Uh, one of my very, very good friends in the world of psychic reading and spirituality.
2: A dear friend of the show.
1: Dear friend of the show, a a colleague in air, the voice of the crystal silence, Reverend Dr. John St. Germain. Welcome to the show, John.
3: Welcome. Oh, thanks for having
4: me. Oh, my goodness. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me as a guest. I just love the show. I love being on it. It's always fun. Mm
1: -hmm. It's just fun. Well, i got to say, I love your show, the Crystal Silence League Hour, and I've been speaking of curating. Um, those of you who go to the Lucky Mojo Forum may notice that Crystal Silence League keeps on coming up in active topics, those that have been most recently messed with, basically. And um, Reverend Ernie Ernest and, and I are working on a very long-term project, which now Nagashiva has gotten involved with, which is to curate all of the Crystal Silence League Hours, get them all uniformly named, uniformly illustrated with a picture of the mineral or crystal, that's the crystal of the week, and we have, um, we're going to have them on an, an archive, both at the forum, but also we're making a web-based archive, and it'll be able to be hosted by anybody, like John can host his own copy, it'll also be hosted at... Um, Lucky Mojo Radio Network. So we're just we're all we're up to Crystal Silence League up to the max right now on the daily. <laughs> I mean we are absolutely thinking of you, John, every day. <laughs>
3: oh,
4: I, I can feel it. I can feel the warmth. I, I can yeah. feel it. Sure can.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, we're not going to set we're not going to set a fire under your feet. You've done a beautiful job with these shows and. I will admit, I hadn't heard every one of them. You know, life gets in the way. But I have to, in order to file them and archive them, I have to listen to each one. And I'm just getting into them so much. Right now, if you want to listen to them, folks, you can go to the Lucky Mojo Forum, look in the radio show area, Crystal Silence League, and you can sort them. If you know how to use the forum's devices, you can sort them by subject and you'll have them in numerical order but they're going to get better because they're all going to have pictures and we're all putting them into the database. Anyway, that's what we're doing with John. But what is John doing for himself? What's up with you? What are you doing?
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Oh, well, uh, gosh, I'm very busy. Uh, I, you know, I work full time, uh, with, you know, with the church and, uh, Spiritual consultations, and I'm a full-time parent uh, with my year-old granddaughter, and I'm uh, working on the Adele Clemens book, which is uh, branching out into many areas. She uh, uh, she was a uh, an amazing woman. She was fearless, absolutely fearless, and curious, and uh, involved in many historical uh, events. Uh, and uh, it's just fascinating working on that book, and I'm hoping to have it finished uh, by the end of the year. uh, Well,
1: let's let's just quickly say who Adele Clemens is for those who are newcomers to this show and maybe to your show. Adele Clemens first crossed my path in Mikhail Strabo's uh, small pamphlet called How to Conduct a Candlelight Service, which was about a spiritual church, uh, and he recorded or documented different services that he talked about were given by this wonderful woman, and she, Adele Clemens, wrote an intro saying that uh, Mikhail Strabo had accurately um, portrayed her services in spiritual church. And I became real interested in trying to find out who she was. It was very difficult. At those times, there was no online newspapers. You couldn't really find anything. And just as I was beginning to find out who she was, I met up with John, and he joined AIR, and he joined um, the uh, spiritual church movement with us and took over a divine harmony spiritual church which had been run by a guy named john michael hilford who had recreated it since adele clemens was gone and when john took it over i mean he went to to town and found out everything about adele clemens and john this book is going to be something because it really tells the story of the spiritual church movement um and it's it's just an amazing thing. This woman comes out of obscurity and had an, an incredible life as a as a reader, a psychic reader, a spiritual church mm-hmm. pastor, mm-hmm. just an amazing person. Plus, she made aquatints of old engravings, and she worked with doing framing of old prints.
4: <laughs> well, she was a vaudeville performer for a while, and she... Uh... Um, she traveled coast to coast and north, south, east, west and met very many interesting people and was involved in historical movements. It's it just amazing where she turned up. We went off on tangents even and said, I wonder if she's. Involved with this, and uh, she, she or someone she knew would turn up, and uh, <laughs> well, we, we got a feel for her. You know, it was like, well, this looks like something she might be interested in, and sure enough, you know, sometimes we hit pay there, and there she was, you know.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. Well, she was she was very much involved with uh, Mikhail Strabo, whose real name was um, Sidney j Rosenfeld Steiner, and he's the mm-hmm. author of The Guiding Light and other books on candle magic and other spirituality books and they were connected in that he was um i guess you could say a fan of hers and documented her church services, but he also wrote his own book the guiding light and i they they kind of it interesting this Jewish guy who was portraying himself as some sort of mm, Russian Greek, Mikhail Strabo, but he's really just a, mm-hmm. a, a, a Jewish American, a guy born in New York to Hungarian um, and Austrian, Austro-Hungarian Jewish parents. He was an orphan and so forth. He meets up with this lady, who is Adele Clemens, who uh, then is part of the Harlem Revival and is living in Black Harlem. But turns out... To be a white woman who is apparently, or says she is, um, related to Samuel Clemens, A.K.A. Mark Twain. The whole thing mm-hmm. is so fantastic.
4: <laughs> it, it, it's it's just a, an amazing story, and yeah. uh, we traced her family tree in every direction. Uh, she now has a uh, ancestry.com account that never existed before. We found her. We found her grave. You know, we've, she's on wow. uh, find a grave. You can see her tombstone now.
1: Wow, that's amazing. Well, it's just such an interesting thing because the history of the spiritual church movement and the relationship between the white spiritualist church and the black spiritual churches is very interesting. And she was one of these people who bridged that um, path. You know, she bridged between the two cultures and was associated with um, Major Divine in Harlem, who was a, a, a wild preacher. Anyway... I'm just looking forward to the book, and, you know, uh, hopefully this book will open a few eyes to the history of hoodoo and its relationship to the spiritual
3: Mm -hmm. church, which
1: we talk about Mm -hmm. a lot, but people are kind of like, what are you talking about? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm
3: -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. This is going to be, this is definitely going to be something. Well, you brought us a topic. I, I could talk about Adele Clemens and about your research for hours, but you brought us a topic which is about um emotional and uh, work that really is to produce transformation from trauma transformation from negative ideation transformation in your life and right. and ultimately produce spiritual transformation so how about you give us mm. an overview of this topic and doc murphy says i'm jazzed on this topic so let's go
4: yay well you know i first got interested in it researching uh reverend adele because she talked about it in her uh, 10 lessons in divine harmony she talked about transforming mental uh energy into spiritual transformation and uh, she taught this and uh through my research uh, i determined that she was uh, basing this on the writings of Walker atkinson and uh florence stovall Shin,
3: mm-hmm. and
4: uh uh, digging and digging and digging into that. Uh, I believe that what she was talking about was their take, especially William walker Actons taste take on uh, Tibetan Buddhism's idea of turning uh, poisons into uh, into divine states, into blessings. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, it's a process of looking at uh, what we call bad things. In Buddhism, it's unwholesome things.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: And uh, actually seeing them as... Uh, positive things. Uh, so they say in Buddhism that uh, nirvana is the same thing as uh, samsara. In other words, the world that we're living in right now, hell is really heaven. It depends on how you look at it. right? And uh, by changing our um, the way we look at things, our point of view, um, the things that we think of as um, uh, poison, as, as unwholesome or undesirable states, we can turn them into desirable states uh, by changing our reactions to them, and uh, uh, because nothing happens by accident. There's, there's nothing that exists in isolation. Nothing is an absolute. Nothing is, uh, um, arises from nothing and goes to nothing. Everything uh, has conditions. Everything has causes, and if we understand the root, we can understand what grows from the root, the reaction to it, and the root is always going to be there, but what grows from the root can be changed. Our reaction to it can be changed, and uh, this is where we begin. If we have an anger problem, well, what does that arise from? And can we turn that anger into something, some wonderful, something divine? And mm-hmm. uh, the anger is something that is a mental state, and we turn mm-hmm. the mental state into spirituality by applying mindfulness to it. And the element of mindfulness
3: mm-hmm.
4: will turn the mental state into a spiritual state. Mm-hmm. And. And this is the process of transformation. We intercede and become mindful of it, rather than having a knee-jerk or an in, uh, instinctive reaction to it. We uh, we're not going to think our way out of it. Um, we're not we're not going to reason our way out of this. Uh, as long as you apply mental process to it, you're just adding fuel to the fire. Um, this is something that has to be completely uh, objective and apply mindfulness to it and observe it and see what what is the root. You know, why is this? Um, uh, what happened there? You don't plant orange seeds and get apples, right? Um, you, you have to see what's the seed here and how can we turn this into something beautiful? Um, how do you take something that's purely a mental reaction? Um, uh, possibly a justifiable one. Um, I mean, there are some reasons why you know you should be angry. Somebody did something really bad to you. Um, maybe that anger is a uh, justifiable reaction, but how do you take the anger uh to injustice or something and and uh, not let it control you. Um,
3: mm-hmm.
4: not let it not let it ruin your life but to turn it into something wonderful. How do you see the world um, that may be uh, I mean you look at the world you go, Oh God, this is awful. Well how do you turn that around and say, No, no, this is this is nirvana, this is um this is paradise. This is actually mm-hmm. the way things should be. That's very difficult, but there's sets at the a time that you can.
1: Mm-hmm. And can you give give, give me give me an example? I have a a person, for instance, that I have a difficult Mm -hmm. relationship with. Um, They they make me angry. I make them angry, and um, harsh words (laughs) have been spoken, and it's not great. You know how Mm -hmm. how does how can I work on myself if that were my condition to you know, not Pollyanna. You're saying, "Oh, this is the best of all possible worlds." Mm-hmm, but oh, how do yeah, I work yeah. on myself to say, "But I had a legit reason for being angry. This person came at me. They were aggressive and they used foul language. Uh, how do I work on that? What would you recommend?"
4: Uh, I would recommend looking at the the roots. So, there's probably several roots there, and um, uh, everything. There's a uh, 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 One of the cosmic laws That Atkinson talks about is polarity Everything is one of a pair Of opposites So if um, If there's conflict there there's got to be Resistance and uh so how do you bring it into balance? There's uh, another law: balance or compensation. Everything is balanced. So what's out of balance there? Why is there? Uh, why is this heterodining out of control? And what needs to be brought to the situation to bring it into balance? So if it's going out of control, then something is out of balance. Uh, it's it's all one-sided. Uh, you don't have a, an opposite. So what do you need to bring to this? Uh, to put it back into balance, uh, you would have to know more about the situation. You know, I, I can't give you like a uh, something to pour on that, but you'd have to look at the root. What exactly is it between the two of you? Um, you know, obviously what's happening here: there's a fire,
3: mm-hmm. and
4: you're, you're pouring fuel on it. Then he pours more fuel on it. Then, he pour, then you pour more fuel on it. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, something's missing there. Um, mm-hmm. uh, what, what you need to bring to the situation. Uh, mm-hmm. To balance it out, so that rather than this growing, this flame growing bigger, uh, it's okay to have a flame there, but it can't keep growing bigger. To bring the flame under control, so that um, uh, it doesn't keep going out. So uh, the, the situation would have to be examined and mm-hmm. say, so why is this? Why does this keep happening this way? And then bring the opposite quality to it, and balance it out, and that, that's easier said than done. I, believe me, I know. Relationships are very hard, and uh, both of you would have to be involved with that uh, that process and want to bring it to a conclusion. One of you can't fix it because, again, it's polarity. Ah, uh, right?
1: I see what you're saying. So just, I, I mean, I could analyze the other person until the cows came home, but it, I really have to work on myself is what you're saying. And then right. And then look at myself mindfully and think, is this ever going to be balanced with this other person, and maybe I should just balance myself?
4: Well, you can do that, and there's also uh, the law of non-resistance, where when he pushes, you get out of the way of it. And uh, this, is like a ver- uh, this is like a judo. You know, when they mm-hmm. push, you just get out of the way of it, and then they can, they can throw rocks all day. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, and I think of this like throwing marshmallows at a brick wall. You know, they, mm-hmm. they throw them off. All- they throw them all at mm-hmm. You're the brick wall. And uh, this is how you survive the Internet, by the way. You become the brick wall, and they throw the marshmallows at you, and you just say, okay. Um, <laughs> so, uh, uh, you know, then you have opposites, right? Uh, and uh, marshmallows hit brick wall. There's no, no effect. And that's a, that's a, like judo or keto or something. You know, let them expend all the force, and you, you become invisible. You become a ghost. And mm-hmm. um, and that's a uh, uh, the law of non-existence, which I believe um, – uh, Phineas Quimby actually brought mm-hmm. up he said if the other person is throwing anger at you um, and you're uh, you're feeling resistance you're trying to change them you're trying to win then this is resistance and uh, you know a tree that resists the wind
3: break. Um, really, you, that's you, a
1: wonderful thing. Just for again, for those who don't know, Phineas Quimby was um, the founder of the New Thought Movement. And I'm just mm-hmm. going to throw in another little thing here. Um, you mentioned um, Florence uh, scovel Shin and you mentioned William Walker Atkinson. They mm-hmm. were, especially Atkinson, associates of Claude Alexander Conlin, who was the founder of the Crystal Silence League. So this all right. comes full circle. These are all oh, people,
3: yeah, yeah. right.
1: They all are people who knew one another, worked with one another, and there is some um, thought, and I'm one of the people who thinks it, that Atkinson, who was a prolific writer, may have helped. Um, Claude Alexander Conlin with some of his writings because some of Conlon's writings sound like one person and some sound like someone else. And I think that someone else is William Walker Atkinson. He may have yeah. edited them or he may have yep. been um, donating a, a bit here and there or being hired to do so. So there's really a connection between those. And if you know William Walker Atkinson, you'll know the whole free of the Kabbalion and which is not the yep. Kabbalah. And there is a lot of incredible occult knowledge to be had by diving deep into the new thought movement.
3: Yeah. yeah.
4: Exactly, yeah. And I'll tell you that uh, my first ex- experience with real real uh, new thought was uh, the game of life and how to play it, you know, by, by uh, Florence Scovel Shin. I, I had this miserable job. I worked in a book warehouse. I worked in the warehouse uh, doing heavy physical labor when I was in school. And uh, I was miserable. And uh, I... Uh, I came across that. There was a whole case of those books. It was a warehouse that sold remainder books. And uh, mm-hmm. I came across that, and I said, win, play it. I want to win it. And, uh, but it intrigued me, and I read it, and it uh, it really moved me, uh, mm-hmm. the the things in there. that, And I said, I want to know more about this. And uh, that set me on the path of uh, new thought, and uh, I looked up uh, some of the uh, – She mentions uh, the silence, the Mm -hmm. mind cure, and uh, Mm -hmm. the the word cure, and things like that. And I said, this is very intriguing. And uh, I I looked up a a lot of it, and that set me on the path of uh, of new thought, the idea that you you can change the state of misery into something else. And, um, of course, Mm -hmm. in Buddhism and things like that, where you turn, you know, these – You know, you you seem to think, most of them think their environment controls them. It's like, well, I'm in a terrible Mm -hmm. state of living, then, you know, how can I be happy? And uh, that's not the case. Uh, And there's two examples of this. Alexander Pope uh, was uh, a dwarf. Mm -hmm. But he he was very rich, very spoiled, very pampered, uh, had a uh, wonderful existence, got everything he wanted, and he was a miserable human being. He was a miserable human being. He, uh, he was caustic and hateful and mistreated the servants and was uh, uh, a pessimist. Then you had Joseph Merrick, the elephant man,
3: mm-hmm.
4: who, who was – he had Proteus syndrome, right? And mm-hmm. Terribly malformed, uh, was mistreated uh, growing up, uh, in pain all the time, and had an angelic nature. Mm-hmm. Um, Uh, he was he was so grateful for anything anybody did for him and uh, was uh, just he he was known as a a sweet and angelic man so it has nothing to do with the outside it's all on the inside Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, studying the lives of these two men who had uh, a physical um, uh, uh, difference you know to the Mm -hmm. the the human and how they reacted to it uh, you see, it's got nothing to do with outside; it, it's mm-hmm. inside. And uh, and uh, I, I talked to many people who said, "I don't know why I'm unhappy. I've got everything I want. I've got, you know, I've got a good job, food in the pantry. I, I should feel lucky. Why? Why am I unhappy?"
3: Mm-hmm.
4: And you know, and the reason is they don't have anything uh, to strive for. Uh, you know, they, they've met their goals. They, they got out of school and they got their job. It's like, well, now what? You know, they don't have a star, uh, you know, to set their course on. And uh, uh, then they, they say, well, tell me, what's my purpose? You know, what, what, what's my purpose in life? And it's like, I can tell you that. <laughs> you know, nobody, you're not going to find anybody in this world that's going to tell you what your purpose in life is. Um, you know, that, that's that, that's called ennui, right? The psychologists mm-hmm. call it ennui, where you've lost direction. And... Um, you know They look around the world And say nothing in this world Interests me Well mm-hmm. You know That loss of interest Is um, It's basically boredom uh, mm-hmm. You know You've lost interest in things And the only person That can create that interest mm. Is You know Is you right So uh, When you Think about the universe That everything is connected To everything else This is another one Of the cosmic laws that Everything Nothing exists in isolation Everything is Diverse uh, no two things in this universe are alike, no two atoms are alike, no two molecules, no two people, no two thoughts, and yet everything is interconnected. So everything mm-hmm. is different, but everything is one.
1: Mhm. Yeah. I'm want want to bring Conjurman in here. I can hear him agreeing with some of this in the background, but uh, let's let him step in and have a few words. What about it, Conjurman?
2: Yeah, I think there's a a couple of approaches here. The New Thought Movement does offer quite a bit in regards to dealing with this transformation. Atkinson in particular talks about concentration and the power of concentration, the ability to transform via concentration. That's one of the big principles that that the thought concentrated manifests into reality. Uh, which she kind of ties into mental suggestion, mental transmutation, transmission, etc. Um, but this is, this is kind of the key, is the ability to concentrate the mind, to concentrate specifically. What you concentrate on produces your reality. So you concentrate on the anger, the wrath, the hurt, the pain, then that manifests in your life, it creates it. If you concentrate on the good, the positive, on the ability to rise above it, then that manifests in your life and in your reality. Um, In hoodoo, we find similar techniques and practices, but perhaps not always related to sort of an abstraction, much more focused in ritual action. This, in particular, we can find in the product of Van Van oil. The ability to transmute is in Van Van oil. Van Van oil Mm -hmm. isn't just about turning bad luck into good. It's also about the ability of transforming, uh, uh, you know, anger and hurt and pain and negativity into the positive. So I tell clients, if clients struggle, particularly with things like doubt, self-doubt or anger or the ability to inability to let something go or the holding on to negative ideation, they say, use Van, Van oil. Van Van Oil has a really wonderful effect, even just smelling Van Van Oil. So just try it. If you don't believe me, pick up a bottle of Van Van Oil, go order yourself some, and then just smell it and see what it does to your mood, (laughs) see what it does to your thinking. Really? Sure, yeah. Look, your entire day will be changed just smelling, and that's because, of course, the smell is very strongly tied to our emotions and our memory and whatnot. And so you'll really see the effect of Van Van Oil just in the smell of it. If you're ever feeling like you're feeling like you can't shake negative ideas off, dab a little bit of Van Van oil on your hand and then flick your hands away like you're flicking water droplets because negative ideation sticks to you. It's a fluid. Mm -hmm. It sticks. Mm -hmm. Flick it off. Flick that Mm -hmm. thing off and you will see it immediately uplift your uh, mode. You can do the same thing with your place of living, your house, your home. Van Van Oil and a spray bottle that you spray around the house will immediately lift it. This is a really great technique in, uh, for example, the situation you mentioned, cat, where you are talking to someone or someone has directed anger at you and you've directed anger back at them and there's a lot of hurt and pain. Van Van Oil will literally shift <laughs> the entire spirit,
1: right? Oh. Oh, kind like I can just—I can just see me whipping out my little perfume bottle of, of Van Van and little spritzer this and way. spritzing and spritzing that woman from head to toe. Um, boy, would that you. have surprised the hell out of her! But it's a good and idea. what, a, what,
3: a, what
2: an icebreaker too, right? But yeah, but it would. But, you know,
1: after head. she left, uh, after she left, it would have been a good thing for me to have spritzed the room. That's for sure.
2: Oh, totally, especially because yeah. anger uh, lingers and negativity lingers. Anger. It's one of those emotions and John can talk to this through the new thought movement that you can often hear in the writings of Atkinson and even in the Kabbalion, which tries to claim to be some ancient hermetic text, but in actuality is really just new right. thought. You can hear a lot of the language that's negative emotion, negative thoughts are very heavy. They linger. They, they have a lower vibration, so they tend to stick around. This is why a poltergeist activity is angry spirits, Right.
1: Because mm-hmm. there's a lower yeah.
2: vibration, they stick, they linger, and so if you're <clears> in a room, you can sometimes. For those of us that are spiritually attuned, have you ever walked into a room and be like, "Oh yeah, a fight just happened in here," right? Or ooh, That's, someone is yeah. so. That is where that van van that spreads. And then another product that I really want to uh, mention here is that, in addition to van van, peace water. Oh my God, this peace water. I was,
1: was going to say, if he doesn't mention peace water, I will. Yep. <laughs> yeah, you're, you
2: and I are on the same vibe because. Peace water does an amazing, particularly if something isn't moving. Like let's say you've been praying, you've been doing all sorts of things, and you're still in this dark place, you're still in these negative ideas, or your house is still filled with anger, peace water. Peace water shifts. Oh, my mm-hmm. God, does it shift. You put some peace water in a bad work environment, and a bad home, mm-hmm. and it will almost instantly be transformed around that. So you see how some of these ideas, even though they come sometimes from separate traditions that may overlap, but mm-hmm. from the new thoughts, they have some commonality here. The idea that these emotions linger, that there's a way of transmuting, transforming, and shifting them, working through either uh, principles of new thought or working through hoodoo products, you can move that anger, you can move that negative ideation.
1: You know, I, I want to say something about peace water. It brings on calm, but it, yeah. is, not, it is not like stifling uh, emotions. It's really no. interesting. And someone also mentioned Van Van uh, for power, but Van Van isn't about power. Van Van is changing bad to good, and peace water is kind of like about two hours later, you spray, sprinkle the whole same. After you've done the Van Van, you go back and sprinkle
3: Peace yeah, Water. About yeah. two hours later, exactly.
1: um, it's that's that seals it for good. And really, Peace Water is it's not like a sedative. It's not like a you mm-hmm. know anything like that. It's just really settles the question. It just all settles it out. But there are situations mm-hmm. where you would like to go in with Van Van first. I really love the idea of practical. Um, transformations. Now, there are other things that can be used for for transformation. And there are people, for instance, who like to burn sage to clear out a space. Yeah. But I am one of the people, and we are not in such a great tiny minority either, for whom sage drives me out of the house. I <laughs> I can't
3: take it. <laughs>
1: so it, if, if Van Van isn't floating your boat, try sage. It's very different. Uh, Another one that that some people like to use, um, pine resin. There's a number of these different traditional uh, clearing scent. And this idea that scent can be used is amazing. Now, there are also prayers that can be used for transformation. And, of course, the Psalms and the Surahs and many spiritual prayers, affirmations also, Uh, uh, Claude Alexander Conlon of the Crystal Silence League wrote a whole book just filled with these affirmations, with or without the help of William Walker Atkinson Um, (laughs) uh, and and these are wonderful statements that you can say and they will transform your thinking Mm -hmm. and he makes a very convincing teacher Uh, I was amazed and impressed that this this material from a hundred years ago was so yep. up-to-date, yeah. so au So pick up a copy of Secrets of the Crystal Silence if you want to really understand a bit of how new thought works. Yeah. And um, I, I, go ahead.
2: I was just going to add that, that one of the, the other things that we see quite frequently, uh, particularly in spiritual traditions, uh, both in Judaism and Christianity as well as in Islam, is the idea of gratitude as a transformative power. That when you are in those states of negative ideation, that some component of gratitude can help bring you out of it, whether it's in the state of anger or state of... This is called the alchemy alchemy of the soul, right? The transmutation of of what is considered to be ailments of the heart. Jealousy, anger, wrath, negative ideation, all these things. They can be cured to things like gratitude, uh, prayers of gratitude, focusing and concentrating on gratitude, as Atkinson would say, um, but also active gratitude. Um, people who are, if you are in a state of, of negative ideation, helping others, giving to charity, these are things that can really uplift, that can really transform, that can really transmute what you're experiencing. So one of the things I tell clients, and I've mentioned this on the radio show in the past, particularly those people who have been suffering for a long period of time, if you're in a state of negative ideation for like months on end, after you've cleansed the house, get yourself a living plant. Mm -hmm. Give yourself a live plant that you take care of the act of giving back, the act of taking care of, the act of cultivating some sense of humble gratitude are all ways of transforming Transforming this. And we find this in rabbinic teachings, we find this in the Quranic Sufi teachings, we find it in the biblical in Christian teachings, we find it throughout these sort of traditions, the idea that gratitude has a sort of alchemical capability to transform the negative into the good. So in those states of anger, a prayer of gratitude, in those moments, of uh, depression or negative ideation, acts of gratitude. These are all very powerful spiritual ways of transforming and transmuting negative ideation. Mm
1: -hmm. That's true. Now, there's another thing that I'd like to uh, bring into the idea of transformation. There are many people, and all three of us deal with these as clients all the time, and so does Clifford, I'm sure, as a fourth person. These are people who don't Know that they should, should or want to, or ought to transform. They come to us as clients stuck. We, we, the term "stuck clients" is used by a lot of psychic readers. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right?
3: Mm, Yeah. Got Mm -hmm. silence? No, no,
1: no. You know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. And they come to us with their emotions. Those they don't necessarily are angry The only reason I mentioned anger is John used anger as a as a touch point at the beginning, but it could be grief. Mm -hmm it could be obsession it could be addiction it could be uh, feelings of worthlessness whatever emotion that's very very negative and they're stuck and we see these people a lot hear them talk to them try to help them and the hardest thing as a reader is to get stuck people unstuck the ones who Mm -hmm. come to me saying I want to change my career. I've had an enlightening moment where I realized that I just followed a career that I was put into by a college guidance counselor, and I really didn't want this career after all, and it's 20 years later, and I want my new career, my other career that I never had. Can I do it? And I'm always so happy. The answer may be yes, it may be part-time, it may be no, but I'm happy that they are self-motivated, self-driven. They're not going to stay stuck. But the ones who call me and I'm not kidding, folks, 14 years later, because remember, I keep notes in my database, 14 years has passed since the last time I read for them, and the story is exactly the same.
4: Oh, yes, yes. uh,
1: What do we Mm -hmm. do with these people? How do we try to convince them that transformation is desirable? And even if we say it's desirable, they don't believe it's possible. So I'm going to ask you, John, what exercises, what products, what thoughts, what prayers do you give to people to get them unstuck?
4: Well, the question, Kat, is um, with uh, the vast uh, universe uh, uh, out there, is it, the question I've asked myself over the many years is, is it my place to unstick them if they're not asking me to help them get unstuck? You know who mm-hmm. am I? What 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 arrogance do I abrogate to say they're in a place that they've chosen to be in? Uh, what who, who who died and left me, God? You know uh, <laughs> to say to say uh, okay, I'm going to take it upon myself to uh, assume um, that they want to be unstuck. Um, uh, you, you know we are where we choose to be, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I don't assume that if a person has been in the same place for 25 years that they, they want to be unstuck. So um, if they come to me and they say, you know, my life is unmanageable, uh,
3: mm-hmm. my,
4: well, here, here's what I think my job is. Somebody comes to me and they say that stress is making their life unmanageable. Mm-hmm. My, my, what they're asking me to do is help them bring the stress down to a point. No one's going to have a stress-free life. So they say, can, can you help me get my stress down to a, a level where I can manage it? Um,
3: mm-hmm.
4: And uh, and I say, okay, well, let's look at this and see what we can do to help you manage your stress, get your stress down to a level where, you know, you can live with it. Um, to take stress from an unmanageable level to a manageable level, that's the most I hope for. And uh, so somebody calls me and they say, you know, gosh, I've been stuck in this rut. How do I get out of this rut? And uh, I say, now that I can help you with, you know, or I can mm. help you help yourself. I can help you, uh, you know, let's see why you're in this rut. Why is the rut so comfortable for you? You know, why? Uh, and, and usually there's this boundary that people have, and they're afraid to go past that boundary. Uh, it, it's like a, there's a fence, and if they go beyond that fence, it's the unknown zone, right? It's the, uh, mm-hmm. the unknown, and they're really scared. And I say, well, you know, you're in that rut because there's something out there that uh, that's creating a fear reaction. What are you afraid of out there? Let's, let's look at that. And, you know, you don't have to go diving out uh, you know, like Charlton Hess and Planet of the Apes, you know, back into the unknown zone, right? Mm-hmm. And you find a statue of living, oh, you can't, you know, it up. You know that thing. Uh, just go a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, Stop there a little bit. Go outside your comfort zone a little bit and see, you know, how it feels. And then, you know, mm-hmm. a little while later, go a little further out. And that'll help you break that rut. But if they're happy in their rut, you know, or at least functional or comfortable, um, you could do a great deal of damage. Um, uh, uh, getting someone out of there. There's a lot of uh, psychological conditions um, that, you know, they're protecting themselves. And, uh, you know, who am I to uh, say, okay, I'm going to come here and shatter that, you know, and maybe create a psychotic break or something? Nah, I mean, I'm <laughs> no, no, no
1: I'm that. Oh, no, 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 no. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's yeah. not what I'm talking yeah. about. I'm talking about yeah. those clients who say, I've come mm-hmm. to you, you know, Obi-Wan, you're my last hope. Please help me change <laughs> my life. But they don't, actually. They don't really want to. And oh. um, as I wrote in the chat, they, they ask for help with making a change, but they're not mm-hmm. actually interested in transformation, oh. just in telling their story to various oh. readers.
3: Right.
4: Oh, well, and, right. Then, I, then, I, then I try to be the best listener I can.
1: <laughs> Aren't you good? You are such, a, mm-hmm. you're such a, a passionate person. I I do that, too, and I find that some readers get angry at them. You know why are you oh. wasting my time? Some readers actually will dismiss a client who won't make a change. You know,
4: you know why? You know why, Cat? Why? Because these read these readers have such a big ego. They think they can actually fix
1: people. Oh, of course, of course, exactly. That's right. They think, but I'm going yeah, to I'm, right. I'm going to
4: fix people. I'm going to fix the world. They have mm-hmm. that ego, and usually they're young. They've not been in it 60 years like you and I have.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, that's true. I hadn't, not, I hadn't, I hadn't considered that. So. Um,
4: can, 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 I, can I say something? Yes, yeah, oh, they, of
1: course, yes, yes, yes.
4: They've not had their heart broken. Now, if you want to learn how to do this, go uh, 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 do into 12 Steps and uh, get sober or uh, mm-hmm. do uh, OA or whatever mm-hmm. and begin sponsoring people. Mm-hmm. and you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna get somebody to go they're gonna say like "Oh John, oh my God, you saved my life i was i was I was in the gutter, I'm sober now, and you're gonna have this really warm glow. that oh my God, I saved this guy's life, and then the guy's going to relapse mm. and, and,
3: it, it,
4: it, and it will break your fucking heart it will mm-hmm. break your heart. And you'll just you'll you'll go home and cry. You'll curl up in the corner and go, Oh my God, Oh my God, you know Stanley, mm-hmm. Oh he was doing so well. He had a job. He had a, and now he's out there drunk again. And then and then your sponsor will take you aside and go, John, who died and made you God. Who made you mm-hmm. a savior? You think you're Jesus? And, and and ring you out. And then you go out and mm-hmm. fight again. You know, you sponsor someone else, and they get sober, and then they stick. You say, you say, uh, Hey, are you drunk today? Are you drunk? And they go, Not mm-hmm. today.
1: Mm-hmm. Maybe you had a dream, mm-hmm.
4: not today. And every day that they're sober, you feel great. And then, then you got a two-year guy, you got a three-year guy, you got a four-year guy. Well, then you sponsor someone else, and that guy falls off the way, and It doesn't hurt as much, right? So mm-hmm. this is great for psychic readers because you realize I can't save anybody. Mm-hmm. If somebody wants to save themselves, somebody wants to help themselves, you know, you do a reading for somebody, they go, you know what? You mm-hmm. really need to. Okay, you say today, at the end of the day, you go, okay, someone mm-hmm. said, I feel better talking to you. You know, you help me you help me solve this problem. I know what I'm gonna do, you know, with this schmuck I'm dating or, you know, this woman that's been taking my money. I, I think I know what I'm gonna do. That's the best you can do. You're not gonna save anybody. Mm-hmm. Plus, I think this. I think this
2: comes back yeah. to what the role of the root worker is. I mean, to bring this back, it's an yeah. interesting conversation, but let's bring it back to transformation. Yeah. And the mm-hmm. idea of transformation, I think, comes when, when the root worker is involved, not just self-transformation, when a client reaches out to a root worker, what role does the root worker play in that transformation? And this is crucial. The traditional understanding of the root worker is that of a healer. The root worker is a healer, yeah. that is a, they're a folk healer, they're a practitioner in the rural areas, in the cities, mm-hmm. etc. They're a type of, as, as once it was famously said, the poor man's doctor or the poor man's psychologist, right? That was mm-hmm. the traditional understanding mm-hmm. of the root worker. But what does healing itself entail? Healing itself entails one part, one part treatment, and one part self-motivation. This is mm-hmm. true of any medical <clears throat> practice, not just spiritual, but any medical practice. Anyone who has ever experienced a family member going through cancer or they themselves have gone through cancer, mm-hmm. you will know that the doctor said a significant portion of your recovery and your ability to beat this will be rooted in your own attitude.
1: You mm-hmm. can nuke
2: this thing, we can radiate this thing, we can surgery yeah. this thing, but at the end of the day, it will come down to whether you yourself are willing to get better or not. It's the same thing with people who have suffered strokes, who have suffered major injuries, and that's what the, the root doctor does as well. The root doctor can prescribe a variety of different expert treatments. You've got your heart broken. I know exactly what to do to heal it. You want that person back in your life. I know exactly what to do to bring that person back. You want to get money. I know the exact right sachet powder to bring you money. But uh-huh. all of that is only one part of the healing.
1: The other part uh-huh. comes down
2: to you. And this, is, this can only happen through an honest conversation between root worker and client. I can light the candles. I can do the prayers. I can conjure the spirits. I can do all those things for you and work with the roots. But at the end of the day, if you are unwilling to do it, so this is a partnership between me and you working to get better at that one thing and sometimes it'll work and sometimes it won't sometimes you will fail sometimes i will fail it's a mm-hmm. it's a process an ongoing spiritual conversation so this is crucial to understanding any type of root work around yes. transformation
4: yes. Mm-hmm. yes and sometimes you know the psychic the root worker has to transform
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes that's true too um and this is something that um I've certainly found well you know, not to cast any uh, marshmallows at brick walls here but there are certain <laughs> there are certain root workers who could uh could use a little bit of a wake up because they take a one size fits all approach and and um if you find yourself working with a healer who takes that approach, you might think, what's wrong with me? Why why is this not helping me? Look around. There may be some things that that root worker needs to work on. There are, for instance, workers who will tell you because of their... Um, political cultural social prejudices they will only work on certain kinds of people they won't work on other kinds of people or won't help yep. other kinds of people and yeah. they need they need a wake up call too check themselves what what kind of a healer are you if you only heal people who were born on Wednesday you know so right. Right. there's a there's a there's a lot there about the role of the root doctor in transformation. Now, a lot of people listening to the show want to know: Can I do it myself? How do I transform myself? You can transform yourself. Plenty of people woke up one morning um,
3: yep. and
1: were enlightened. I mean, they just something happened and they went, "I'm, I'm, I'm good, right? It's, I got it. I right. get the message." But many others do need to talk to someone, think about it, especially when it comes to digesting. Uh, events that have been unpleasant. Uh, John, you spoke earlier about people who were born deformed. Two different, well-known historical people, and one was a nice person. One was a an ugly person. And the, the same thing happens when an event strikes someone down in midlife. They may you can take two people from the same block, same culture, the same religion, and um, each of them loses a child. And one becomes bitter and hates all people and trusts themselves in their house, and the other becomes um, charitable and friendly to all. And transformation, this is important here. I feel that people who listen to our show, a lot of them come to hear about root work. They come to hear about conjuring, come to hear about um, spirituality as a secondary issue. They're interested in divination, they're interested in magic. But all of the underlying basis for all of it is spirituality. Because uh, mm-hmm. without spirituality, there would be no magic and there would be no divination. And Just my opinion. You, you can, you can um, block me on that one if you think so. But what that spirituality is and what form it takes is um, going to be yours to learn, your path to walk. You know, if you Mm -hmm. get in a car wreck and your leg is taken off at the knee, it's up to you to decide whether you, you know, get a prosthetic leg and learn how to walk and and even run, or whether you sit in a wheelchair in a corner all day hating the world. You know, that's up to you.
3: Yes. Yes,
2: I I tell clients, I tell clients all the time that transformation is is found in little victories, not in big dramatic ones. I think we sometimes fall into the stereotype when we think of the term transformation, we think of something massive, some big, and certainly your life can be transformed in radical, unique ways, but those generally start in small victories. Transformation is often gradual. So for me, I often have clients who are struggling with some type of ongoing issue. Like, for example, they come to me and they've been uh, uh, suffering from some type of astrological ailment that's followed them through their entire life, right? Afflicted Venus, Mm -hmm. they can never find love. Or they come to me and they've been crossed for five years, right? Crossed conditions. I can't hold on a job. Not whatever, We can do all the root work in the world to address that stuff. We can do astrological talismans. We can do uncrossing baths and whatnot. The part of the recovery from that also involves transforming your life. So how do you do that? How do you transform? How do you get out from the shadow of that? It starts with little victories. I tell clients, set yourself small goals. Maybe it's just, I'm going to light a candle every single day this week and recite Psalm 23. That's it. Mm -hmm. That's the first step, because you've never been able to do anything regimented.
4: You forget, you're
2: good at it. Form a
4: habit. Form Mm -hmm. a positive
2: habit. Exactly. You can't get out of bed. So you're just going to do that one thing. You're going to light a candle, and you're going to recite Psalm 23. And you're going to do it. Oh, I did it. This week I was able to light a candle every day and recite this particular psalm. So next week, what I'm going to do is I'm going to clean out the garage. I'm going to clean Mm -hmm. out the garage. And okay, that's a small thing. But all of a sudden, you look at your garage and, hey, I did it. I did it. And then the five years of junk that you've accumulated in your house because you've been suffering under cross conditions, because you have been afraid to go outside, afraid to get a new job, afraid to change anything, suddenly that little corner of your house starts to look a little bit better. Mm
3: -hmm. So it's
2: the little victories that give us transformation. Not necessarily you lighting a single candle and the next day, everything in your life goes well. It starts mm-hmm. off with a little thing. So as you're doing root work, set for yourself little achievable victories. Things that you sometimes it's like very easy, right? Like for people who suffer from this, is also very practical advice for people who suffer from depression. Psychologists will often tell them that it's very difficult to get out of bed. So set your one goal being today. I'm going to get out and take a shower. That's mm-hmm. it, right? I'm just going to take a shower. Because sometimes when you're depressed, you can't get out of bed. So, those setting those little victories is one of the crucial steps of building transformation. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, this is this is really something that I find. I've talked to clients a lot, and you know, here they, they're calling me for magic spells, and I'm saying things like, mm, "How about you start by taking some stuff to the goodwill? <laughs> Your house is a clutter. Or how about?" You start with getting that degree that you're so close to getting that you didn't get, and then somebody died in your family, and now you feel you'll never finish college. Why don't you just work, let's get together a program for getting you to graduate from college and accomplish that held-back goal. These little things um, can make a huge difference, but people often say, Mm. but what candle should I light so I can graduate from college? Well, how about going down to the college and saying, how many more credits do I need? You know what I mean? Sometimes the solution to transformation is mundane. And I will back you up with a candle. Of course I will. And I'll back you up with spells and I'll back you up with prayers. But so many times transformation involves something mundane or, uh, as as Contraband said, or something inward as John said, and it's that combination of the inward transformation and the uh, mundane transformation and knowing that there's a person there who's on the sidelines rooting for you and saying, yeah, go, you know, you can do it, and I'll light candles to help you, and I'll get you a mojo. Those are the things that kind of it's a, you know me, I always like things in threes, but that's kind of what it takes. But although John said, you know, it's, it's like, Half and half I'm kind of like the person has to start from within, they really have to start from within, then they have to seize the mundane world they have to make those two things together, and I'll be there. call me anytime I'll tell you what spell to do, I'll tell you what crystal what what herb, what you know I got a million things memorized um, that's my role, but it's not going to solve the transformation problem until the person wants to do it.
3: Well, yes,
4: and the the transformation from mental to spiritual happens when you do it mindfully. There's a there's a story I really love. Bodhidharma, who brought uh, uh, Zen to China, Uh, uh, oddly enough, he was red haired and green eyed. Did you know that he was a Viking? And uh, uh, he, he said for uh, apparently years staring at a wall and people would come and talk to him and he wouldn't answer them and then this prince came and he said uh, I'm anxious ease my mind and he ignored him the prince did this for every day for like a year finally the prince cut his arm off and handed it to him and he said I'm telling you my mind is disturbed and Bodhi looked at him and said well show me your mind and he said <laughs> where do I find my mind and he said see your mind is okay leave it alone
3: <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> so, uh, uh, see, we we torment ourselves. Uh, if, if your mind is uh, is, a, is agitated and anxious, uh, who's doing it? Mm-hmm. Unless it's you, right? That's right. So. We keep poking ourselves with a stick, agitating our mind. Leave it alone. And, That's uh,
1: right. Well, honey, we've got to stop this because that music that okay. you heard playing was our bumper music, and we're now All running right. over. We've got to get to our next segment where we're going to meet our client. So let's bring in Clifford, and we're going to do a reading.
0: Support for this program is provided by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and located online at luckymojo.com. And by the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, AIR, a directory of ethical and authentic conjure practitioners located online at readersandrootworkers.org. And by Hoodoo Psychics, the first psychic line, run entirely by Hoodoo practitioners. Receive a reading with a trusted root worker instantly. Call 1-888-4HOODOO or visit hoodoopsychics.com. And by the Crystal Silence League, a free online prayer service of the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches, located online at crystalsilenceleague.org. And now it's time to go to the phones and talk to today's client. Our caller is Carol calling from area code 516. Carol, are you there? Hi, yes. Good to hear your voice. All right, you said on the forum you've been through five years of of bad luck, or more than five years of bad luck, breakups and grief. Your dad died on August 16th and you just entered a toxic relationship and you lost yourself. You feel like you're at a spiritual impasse, and you don't know where to start in terms of reconnecting and regrouping to feel full of joy again. So let's see what we can do to help you. Um, well, turning it over to you, Ms. Kat.
1: Carol, how appropriate that you called today. Um, and first of all, I just want to make a quick note. I'm really sorry for that abrupt transition, because John was right in the middle of going somewhere, but we do have a schedule. <laughs> we'll have John back on, and we'll let him we'll let him run loose again um so carol um i'm going to uh ask you a couple of questions first of all i'm i'm real sorry to hear that your your dad died you've ended a toxic relationship and you've gone you're going through exactly what we were talking about the external world hammering on you and um and it's caused you to be at a spiritual impasse you're stuck this is exactly what we were talking about now what sign of the zodiac are you carol a uh, Taurus. A Taurus. Well, welcome to the world of Tauruses. You're among friends.
3: Uh, <laughs>
1: Hello. Hello. Uh, uh, Condeman and I are both Tauruses, and um, <laughs> and uh, we we have a great sympathy in our heart for Tauruses because we know what it means to be stuck. Um, so Tauruses are the most stuck sign of the Zodiac. Um, so, and about how old are you? Are you in your 20s, 30s, 40s? Uh,
3: I'm 38. I also oh. have
1: uh,
3: planets in Taurus,
0: or, yeah, so I have a lot in Taurus in my chart, too.
1: Okay, all righty. Well, <laughs> I, I appreciate that. All right, well, I'm going to mm-hmm. um, do the first um, quick reading, then John will do a reading, and then Condraman will give you some unsticking root work. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what I'm, what I'm looking at here is because there wasn't so much a question directly, but kind of like what can I do broadly. Uh, card number one is very interesting to me because it's about social situations. It's the nine of cups, and this shows a a person sitting in front of nine beautiful golden goblets in front of a that are on a banquet table, a sort of horseshoe shaped banquet table. And this asks me to ask you, are you getting out socially? If not, consider it, okay? Um, this is about joining with a group of people who have a purpose in mind. We don't know whether this is going to be a convention of dentists or whether it's um, a place where people are going to get together and volunteer to help Um, handicapped puppies we don't know but this is some place where people with a shared interest whether it's commercial or social or political get together and it tells me that one of the things that will help you is to meet with like-minded people okay so that's the card of the what i call the convention or the the banquet welcome to the banquet of life in other words (laughs) Then, then The next card is a card of change, and it's a good card. It tells me that maybe you need to take a little bit of a philosophical look at the world. The card is called The Wheel of Fortune. And it shows a big wheel in the middle of the sky spinning. And on it, there are all kinds of symbols. The Yod-Heh-Vav-Heh, vav he, that is the Hebrew name of God. The word R-O-T-A, which is rota, which means wheel, as in Wheel of Fortune. Which can also be read as T-A-R-O-T, which is the tarot, which claims to have everything in it, like a wheel. On the wheel, there's a sphinx with a sword a snake, and a priest of the Egyptian god Anubis. And in the corners, there were four animals, and one of them is Taurus. It's a bull with wings. There's also Leo, a lion with wings, Scorpio, which is an eagle and with wings, of course, and um, Aquarius, which is an angel or a man with wings. And they each have a book. And this is about learning from the past, learning from what you read in the book. Uh, study up on the world learn things it can mean if you have the christian religion the four gospels these are called the four gospel writers but it also means the four fixed signs of the zodiac be aware of your position as one of the upholders of heaven the four fixed signs are the four pillars that hold up heaven On the wheel, there's a snake falling off. Some of the bad things, snakes usually represent negativity, bad things falling away. And the priest of Anubis is a friend or guide, a mentor who assumes the guise of a friendly dog. Now, meaning um, a companion animal. And it could be an animal, but it also could be a person who has that cheerful nature and willingness to serve of a dog and is willing to guide you like Anubis guides the soul. And above is the sphinx, and the sphinx is the mystery. The sphinx holds a sword of justice, and the sphinx represents balance. And it says there's a, there are some mysteries here in life, and you will learn them, but it tells me to tell you to study deeply, to look um, at the world around you, and to um, find um, a guide, that doesn't mean necessarily a guru or a teacher that you have to follow slavishly, but find someone who can help you through some of this situation, either by talking with you, by helping you do uh, conjure root work. The last card is a card that shows a better future awaits you, and it's really a, a card of some happiness and some uh, g- goodness, and it's not um, a long way away. It's not way out in the future, because what this means is that it will come in good time, uh, within a year. And the card is called the uh, Knight of Cups, and this is a person who has been through a dry desert, holding a beautiful golden goblet, and which represents love, a heart. The cup is like love. But it's getting dry out there on the desert. Things haven't been going well. But this night faithfully continues to go forward. The horse goes forward, which is the body. Your body is probably maybe slowing down a little bit under the stress, but your body is still basically going to serve you. And this knight comes to a stream of water and cannot get up the cliff on the other side to get to the oak trees of stability and peace and joy and happiness but can turn downstream and go among the willows and find an opening and come up the back way now these willows are about a dozen of them represents about a year and these willows are flexible these are people you will meet and know people who will help you and like the card of the nine of cups again this is about getting out among people so this is what i see as being important for you. So I'm gonna turn this over to John.
3: Thank
4: you. Oh, thanks, Miss Thank you, Miss Kat. Uh, Well, Carol, um, uh, again, I'm sorry about the loss of your father, but um, saying the the word loss isn't really true. Um, uh, Death is a transition. um, And I can only imagine how happy your father must have been to leave that body behind. Do you, do you know what I'm saying?
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Think how happy he is now to leave that behind. That, you know, that, 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 that poor body. Um, you know, he's he's very happy now leaving that behind. And uh, I see him in my reading as the king of diamonds. a uh, uh, very uh, robust man uh, in his health and uh, in spirit. He's very robust now. Very. Uh, um a very um masculine uh, spirit um very powerful and uh, um, uh very happy to be to be free in spirit so there's really no cause for grief you know we miss them you know but that's us you know that's us and uh uh we, we have no cause to mourn uh, uh to mourn them because they they're, they're really uh they're in a better, better place than we are. That's for sure. You know, I know I told a friend of mine, I said, you know, people say they're in a better place and we're, we're saying, yeah, but they, I liked them fine where they were. You know, <laughs> I liked them just fine where they were, you know, sitting in the chair next to me. Um, but you know, that's us, that's us. And he, he reaches out to you, you know, he reaches out to you. Um, but, um, uh, the relationship you had with him was a little complicated at times I feel. And, uh, uh, there may be been unresolved stuff, and that's that's mixed in with the grief and um, that over time that can be uh settled uh, in your mind by having conversations you know with with the spirit to with yourself and that that's something something for another day I want to tell you your reading here uh, is very interesting the uh, uh, this uh this guy uh you know toxic relationship. Um, guy um, he's represented by the jack of clubs uh, the jack of clubs is a uh, uh, is a hollow person uh, like a chocolate bunny you bite the ears off and there's nothing inside and you think oh this is chocolate yay and you bite the ears off but they're all hollow they look good on the outside than on the inside um, all gravy and no biscuit um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> the, you know they, oh, that looks good then you eat it you go well why am I still hungry um he he uh he probably could uh you know he'd- talk, he'd come to you with uh, honey in his mouth and talk really sweet uh but I, I just don't think he delivered and then over time of course the uh, uh the sweet talk stops and the uh manipulation and stuff starts so really um getting out of that was good um so uh if you feel lost i think it's because um um, you you were emotionally supportive in this. You were the queen of clubs in this. When you get the jack of clubs and the queen of clubs, you've got like a perfect, it's like two magnets coming together. The attraction was very powerful. And um, if it's a toxic relationship, then there were emotional uh, issues involved. And um, uh, coming apart is painful in a situation like that um, uh, because... Uh, it, it, it's like a withdrawal from a, uh, um, from something you were very dependent upon, and it does take a while to get over it. But it's a good thing. So, uh, if you can see this as a good thing, you know, that you know, you're know you out of this, and it's like, wow, there's a healing process. And uh, so, re- remember that you're doing the best thing you can to protect yourself. You're protecting uh, your heart, you're protecting your, your soul, you're protecting your emotions. Mm-hmm. And uh, the best way to heal from something like this is movement, and even if you feel like you're stuck, um, that feeling of uh, being stuck uh, can only be fixed by moving and moving is done one one step at a time and uh, Miss Cat recommended uh, social activities and that that's very good and uh, You may be wondering, well, what should I do? Well, something. I mean, really anything, um, go to a bookstore, go to a movie, uh, go anywhere there's people and feel the, uh, the synergistic energy of, of the human race around you. And if people are scaring you, go somewhere where there's animals, go to a dog park, go to a, uh, a zoo, um, go around animals because, uh, a uh, sense that um, in, a, in a state where you're in, you probably will trust animals more than you trust people right now. Start with animals. Go to a petting zoo. Uh, but connection with the, the living force, because uh, remember the law is that uh, everything is connected. And connecting with something, <laughs> you know, something that's alive is going to give yeah. the life force back to you. And uh, I think this is what's going to be necessary. And, um, and some talk, you know, some talk uh, uh, to a kindred spirit. Uh, I'm not exactly recommending uh, counseling. It wouldn't help. It wouldn't hurt. I'm sorry. It wouldn't hurt. But um, you don't have to. But um, talking to somebody who's uh, had experiences like yours would certainly help. It'll let you uh, express some of the things that you're dealing with and not have them inside. Or talk to a dog.
1: <laughs> all right, talk. all right. We've got yeah, to we've got all. to move on because we're going to the root work section here, and okay. we run over into Conjurman's time a little bit. So, talk fast, Guntherman.
3: <laughs> yeah, um,
2: I'm gonna I'm gonna speak really fast. If you miss anything, it'll be in the chat uh, and in the archives. You can listen to it. First, I'm gonna let you in on a little bit of a tourist uh, secret. Tauruses are fixed signs, and so they're pretty steady, but when things go wrong for them, it can take a while for them to bounce back. It can. So they tend to be stuck on things like grief, loss, and heartbreak. And one way that they can change that is by getting new shoes. Now, it's not always shoes, but shoes is the most common one. It can just be an article of clothing. This doesn't mean you have to go shopping. It just means you have to pick something new that you put physically on yourself that you will wear going out. For a lot of tourists, it tends to be shoes. For other people, it can be a piece of jewelry. It can be a piece of cloth. But it has to be one article of clothing that you purchase. It has to be new that you are drawn to it should be something that feels good on the skin as an earth sign that sort of textured component is really important here so i'll tell you a little secret after a breakup of mine in my early early 20s i bought a a velvet blazer (laughs) that i then wore and it was phenomenal it felt great and it made me feel good so one article of clothing i have a friend who's a tourist and every time they break up they buy a shoe i i
1: just i have to jump in i got through the entire covid pandemic with batches of nordic brand socks okay
2: See, there you go it's always <laughs> there's always a, it's, it's what we call our comfort item right yeah. it works really really good It puts you in a good state, and it has to, the key here is texture. So it can be a piece of jewelry that feels good, a shoe that feels good, a clothing. Think in terms of like leathers, velvet, things that actually feel good on the skin. Now, you're going to do spiritual work. Start this working when the moon is waning, but towards the end, and it's about to head towards waxing. So at the end of the waning moon, I want you to get some rue and agrimony and brew this into a tea. Pour this into a bath along with milk and honey. For people who've heard this show before, mm-hmm. it's my go-to milk and honey bath. It's really good to heal the heart. Let yourself soak in this. Do this for three days until the moon begins to start to wax. When you move through the new moon, and now you have a crescent moon. Now take a piece of paper and write what you want your life to look like on it. I would recommend taking three days to fill this paper out fully. What does your life look like, your ideal life? Envision it in your head and write it on the piece of paper. Place this under a lodestone. Light yourself some attraction incense. Get two master roots, two Queen Elizabeth roots, five finger grass and two baileys. Place this around the lodestone. Sprinkle the magnetic sand for seven days. On the seventh day, Get a red flannel bag, put a pinch of the magnetic sand from the lodestones, a little magnetic sand hair, into the bag along with one of the master roots, one of the Queen Elizabeth roots, a pinch of that five-finger five finger grass, and one of the leaves. Pray into this nod it three times and feed it with you. this is your mojo bag you will carry with you wherever you go while the lodestone continues to attract your perfect life on your altar so you've got an altar work going and a mojo bag that you will carry wherever you go this is an ongoing work so once a week continue to feed the mojo bag light yourself some attraction incense and feed that magnetic sand once a week. Building this habit of spirituality, building this magical practice, will help to shift your life in the direction that you want and manifest that vision that you have written underneath the lodestone. That's my recommendation for you. I spoke very fast, so I do apologize about that. But do listen to the
1: archive. <laughs> okay. Wow. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Here we go.
2: and Blue Flag Route Radio with Lady Muse Fridays 7 to 8. All time specific, at 3 hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com.
0: Now it's time for our free spell segment from our special guest, John St. Germain of JohnSaintGermain.com in Knoxville, Tennessee. Take it away, John St. Germain. Okay, I'll try to talk fast to
4: you. This is long. Uh, this is a transformation spell. Uh, using a crystal grid, uh, you, uh, you'll you need five uh, red stones and five clear stones, and uh, red jasper works just as well as any of them. They should be uh, sort of flat because you're going to uh, write on them, and uh, clear quartz is fine as well. And what you want to do also is draw or print a five-pointed star uh, about six or seven uh, inches or so in diameter on absorbent paper. Now cardstock works well, rice paper is good. Watercolor paper is probably the best. And uh, you want to anoint each point of the star with master key oil, just a dot on your finger. Just go one, two, three, four, five. Now on the five red you'll write in ink and it should be indelible ink. Uh, Sharpie is fine. And if you know how to make a walnut ink or a, a dragon blood ink that's indelible, that won't rub off the stones, go right ahead. You can do that by mixing it with gum arabic, by the way. Um, you'll write on the red stones five undesirable states of mind that you want to transform into desirable spiritual states. And, uh, you know, that's up to you, uh, the ones you want to get rid of. Um, and on the clear stones, you want to write the desirable spiritual states you want to attain, the ones you want to rise to. So you'll place one red stone on each point of the star, and you'll place the clear stones outside the star into little pockets. You know what I'm talking about? When you draw a five-point star, there are acute angles, right? You put the clear stones in those little pockets, and the process is going to be replacing one of the undesirable mental states with one of the more desirable spiritual states. You're sort of playing a, a mental state of uh, go. So uh, this procedure can take place over several days or several weeks, depending on, it depends on you really, on your rate of progress. So you'll start with one of your objectives, which is written on one of the stones. You hold the stone in your hand as you meditate on the transformation you wish to achieve. And you do this by repeating it over and over in meditation. You just keep repeating it. And every undesirable state has a root, and the root gives rise to the reaction. So the idea is to identify this root. What is it that triggers me? You know, what is it that causes this? You know, why do I keep getting angry about this? Or you know, why do I get sad about this? You know, why am I holding on to this? So you identify this, and you want to change the reaction to it. You know, whatever causes the arising of the state, you you want to change the reaction. So you're learning a new habit, basically, and now you're doing this mindfully instead of blindly. And that's why it becomes a spiritually guided state. So when you successfully transform this, when you're on the road to it, when you're not blindly reacting, when something comes up that uh, triggers a state and you, you stop and think about it, then it's spiritually guided. When you've done this, replace the red stone with the clear stone and put the red stone in the pocket and move on to the next. When you're ready, continue as you will. You may not ever get around to all of them, but you've done some of them. And as our cell
1: Wow that's really very interesting so this oh, this brings cool. some of the ideas of uh, sigil magic the five-pointed star altar work five-pointed star and some of the ideas mm-hmm. of personal transformation together and of course the quality of the crystals of the stones Wow. And you can mm-hmm. have a lot to
4: that. You can have prayers, psalms, spells, uh, a lot. You can add a lot to it.
1: You know what's interesting? The uh, You know all those stones you can buy with those wonderful inspirational words on them?
3: Yes. Um, mm-hmm.
1: Why don't they make mm-hmm. a set of red jasper stones like with, fuck no, and, you know, <laughs> I want potato chips, or, you know, what I mean, the five negative states of humanity, you know?
4: Yeah. Oh, if you have an engraving tool, you can yeah, engrave but, anything you want. You just engrave them, man. You can make anything you want.
1: You know, you, you know
4: anybody with a engraver, um, I don't. Can, but it would
1: sand. Those are often sandblasted, yeah, or engraved. Yeah. yeah, it would be great. Just somebody needs to go and make the, the all the negative states on red jasper stones. They'd sell like hotcakes.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
4: well, there aren't that many. Um, in the Abhidharma, they list all 52 possible mental states, all 52 of them. Isn't that funny? Like a deck of cards,
1: there are 52
4: possible mental states. They're all listed in the Abhidharma.
1: Huh. And, and are every there every good, possible, ones, they're good ones and bad ones?
4: Every one of them, yes. Yeah, the good ones are sukha, the bad ones are dukkha.
1: Oh, oh John, I I see your future with your little laser um wood thing. <laughs> 52 disks with the 52 mental states.
4: Well, wow. Actually, I I have uh, access to uh I believe I might have access to uh, stone engraving too, uh maybe. But, <laughs> well, yeah,
1: even if yeah, you just we, started with wooden disks, that's a, I see a form yeah. of divination coming up here. It's a, it's a divination mm. system, too, yeah.
4: Lithomancy with the Somebody <laughs> says is it John St. Germain a Taurus as well? I'm actually Gemini on the Taurus cusp, May 27th. Uh, so.
1: Oh, we'll make you an honorary <laughs> Taurus.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, that's why you love stones. <clears throat> Folks, John has a wonderful book called Lithomancy, which contains dozens of ways to tell the future with stones and coins and runes anything that you can mm. hold in your hand basically and if you don't have that book Lisa Manson, you ought to get it and he has a book crystal magic which is all about crystals which is you know comes out of the crystal silence league and if you want to you can buy the john st germain special which you get two books plus you get three stones to do a three stone casting uh, as taught in listmentry and you get a moony a little miniature opalescent glass crystal ball to learn scrying mm-hmm. and it comes in a set and you save a bunch of bucks so yeah mm-hmm. i just i mm-hmm. love your books john and get the word out about using crystals in magic it's a wonderful way to work a really good you really it. the
2: traits were what did you say suka and what
4: Duka, Dukkha you know, D- Duka is suffering. You know, uh, okay, uh, is suffering. Okay. Yeah, Suka is uh, is happiness. Ah, Duka and Duka. Okay, I love that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, suffering and happiness. Well, mm-hmm. that's a the other thing. I'd Possibly add if I was going to be doing a spell like this, I might use a bit of scent. As as we've noted before, we really do mm-hmm. like our scent. And um, mm-hmm. you you might want to work with Van Van while you're contemplating that negative stone, and that's when the well, peace that, water uh, comes in. When you make that yeah, okay. swap, and you swap that thing, you get to reward yourself with the beautiful scent of peace water, and bring some peace down on it, and then do the next transformation.
4: Yeah, well, it's true. I did. Uh, I, the master key is on the red uh, the red uh, the spots. You could put Van Van in the uh, pockets.
3: Yeah.
1: That's true. Van, Van to transform yeah. them. Yeah, Master Key. Master mm-hmm. Key, by the way, is another one that smells so beautiful. Oh my it gosh, Master Key is is almost like a high class French perfume to me. But then I have mm-hmm. weird Torian taste, I guess.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right. Well, here's our music. We're going to turn this over to Clifford Lowe and he's going to do our announcements, and we're all going to come back. And if we have a little bit more time, we'll hear me talk some more, and then we'll all say goodbye, each in our own and separate way. Take it away, Clifford.
0: Thank you, Miss Cat and Conjure, man, and thank you, John St. Germain of johnstgermain.com and Knoxville, Tennessee, for being our guest this week. We invite you to join us next week when our special guest will be Papa Newt of Newt.com in Omaha, Nebraska, bringing us the topic of root work to aid and mental health. Once again, we've come to the end of another Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company, Forestville, California. You can find Miss Cat uh, via the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and Conjureman at conjurmanconsulting.com in Mission VO, California. I'm your announcer, Clifford Lowe, joining you from clifflow.com. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour can be heard every week live on Blog Talk Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. And the shows are available in archive via luckymojo.com, Slash radioshow.html. For all of us at Lucky Mojo, I'd like to thank you for being here and invite you to tune in once again next week at this same time when you will hear the familiar strains of the Memphis Jug Band playing the Jug Band Waltz. Thank you, everybody. Goodbye.
1: Thank you, Clifford. Now, everybody, I want you to make sure to go over to the microphone and if you'd like John St. Germain, There's a lot in that archive. There's over 200 shows, and um, if you follow them on the Lucky uh, Mojo forum, you'll get a taste of what he has to offer to um, clients. And Mm. also, I just have to say, I'm so uh, glad that we're using the Crystal Silence as test bed for setting up a completely different way to access all of our old radio shows, including this radio show. And um, we are taking um, advice from uh, our listeners. People want them on YouTube, maybe, with some kind of splurgy, psychedelic uh, visual background. Listen to them on YouTube. People want them just on audio. We're going to try to make our shows available all over the world to everybody. And we're starting with the Crystal Silent Leagues John St. Germain.
3: All right, everybody, Great. good
1: night. Bye-bye,
3: hey. everyone. Bye. Good night. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
2: Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? ha in my dentist's office.